Hello everyone, this is the host of the most, Paul Van Dam. We are here with our brand new friends here at Don Juan Cafe. We'd like to promote them. They're on 24 East Tennessee Street in Baldensville, New York. Give them a call, 315-303-0308. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 9 of Pumpkin 101. Number 9? Number 9? Number 9? For today... I'm going to be discussing, my opinion, the greatest band ever, but that's my opinion. Obviously, you're going to differ from that, but I'm going to be discussing the Beach Boys. So, yep, Brian's not on here, unfortunately. Floyd's not on here, unfortunately, but the Van Daminator's here. And he's ready to enlighten you, inspire you, and educate you on one of the greatest musical bands in the history of all time. Woo! So let's begin by saying exactly who the Beach Boys are. There were three brothers, Carl Wilson, Brian Wilson, and Dennis Wilson. There was a cousin, Mike Love, and their good friend, Al Jardine. There's going to be more players added to this. This isn't Wikipedia, by the way. This is Waldopedia. <laughs> I want to try and wing this. It's all going to go from the top of my head. But they were all um, very musical. They used to sing together every Sunday night to get together as a family and sing. Brian Wilson was extremely talented. He loved music. He would listen to it all the time. He'd have a little radio that he would listen to all the time. He was deaf in one of his ears, so he had to compensate by using his other ear to really listen to the music because he had a difficult time listening to it. He would play the piano all the time and play traditional songs and he became more and more creative more and more accentuated in his writing abilities as a musician where eventually he recorded a song which is titled surfing due to the current surfing trend that was going on throughout southern california when Brian, Carl, and Dennis's mom and dad went on vacation, they used their money to buy some instruments and set up a recording date for a label called Candix Records. And they actually recorded a demo of the song Surfing. The executives at Candix were really, really impressed. They didn't think someone that young and that inexperienced could write a wonderful song like that. So it's a great song, though. Surfing is the only life, the only way for me now. Surf. So Brian demonstrated that he had the capability and ability to write a great song. So it started to become noticed by other people, the song Surfing. And Brian's dad, Murray Wilson, listened to the demo, and he was really impressed with his son's prowess as a songwriter. So he helped secure them to a recording studio to record a demo 
And the demo, which you probably heard of some of these songs, had early versions of the songs they wrote called Surf and Safari and 409. They released the demo and they sent it to a whole bunch of record labels, but there was very limited interest. Finally, Capitol Records executives heard the demo and they decided, what the heck, we're going to give them a shot. We'll try and see what these guys can do. Originally, the group, they wanted to call themselves the Pemberton, Pembertons. Or no, Pendletons, I apologize, over the shirts that were popular at the time. But a record label executive wrote on their song Surfing that they were called the Beach Boys. And that name has stuck with them ever since. In 1962, they recorded their very first song with Capitol Records, which was called Surf and Safari. And it had the songs I previously mentioned on it. They had Surf and Safari, 409, and the song Surfing. And obviously, they were called the Beach Boys. You can see where this is leading. So they became typecast as a surf group which is a type of musical style that was becoming popular at the time with other groups like Jan and Dean and the Safaris. So this music was starting to become popular in the early 60s. Their first album sold really, really good. It wasn't a huge success. Brian Wilson had a couple of compositions on there, and he did a couple of cover songs, and other people wrote songs for the album as well. With the success of their first album, Capitol was in a rush because of the surf fad. They thought it wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna last, but they rushed him into the studio to record a follow-up album. That album would be called Surfing USA. Now the song Surfing USA was based on a Chuck Berry song called Sweet Little 16, but they included lyrics about special surfing spots in the area. And the Beach Boys actually got in trouble because they basically plagiarized the song Sweet Little Sixteen. Brian was still a novice at this time, but his prowess as a songwriter was starting to improve by the time of this album. By the time their third album was released, which is called Surfer Girl, this is when Brian really started to get his groove in. He started to produce, write the songs, record the songs, play on the songs. Brian would do everything. This isn't taking anything away from the rest of the group. All of them were talented in their own way. Mike Love was basically the lead singer and the MC. Carl would play guitar, so would Al. Dennis would play the drums. All right, before I go on with this story, Parker, come here real quick. Say what you just said to all the listeners out there. What did you say? Hot Game 101. Spotify. Available on Spotify. Available on Spotify. <laughs> That's awesome. Good job, Parker. So back to the story. After Surfer, Surfer Girl came out, they released it series of consecutive great great albums and they all 
had the same type of Beach Boys style of music, but instead of just surf songs, they were recorded songs about everything young men liked, girls, cars, items like that. But the times were changing really, really quick. A new wave of musicians were about to enter this the scene. In early 1964, the Beatles, obviously you've heard of the Beatles, who were a big band over in Britain, arrived for the first time in the United States. And they became huge. They became the most popular band in the world at the time. Beatlemania was going crazy. And the Beach Boys realized that the Beatles had pretty much asserts everything that they worked so hard for. But this didn't deter Brian Wilson at all. If anything, it made him more competitive. It made him want to work harder and prove that the Beach Boys were still a relevant musical band. So during the height of Beatlemania in mid-1964, the Beach Boys actually recorded and released the song I Get Around and it became their very first number one hit in the United States. But the pressure was starting to get to Brian. Everything that was going on, writing, producing, recording, being on the road live all the time, all of this was just overwhelming them. The stress was finally starting to get to them. So after a series of consecutive albums, in which they recorded great song after great song, as in Don't Worry Baby, In My Room, all of these great songs. Fun, fun, fun. Finally, Brian was having a really difficult time with all the pressure of being pretty much the main guy for the Beach Boys. In late 1964, Brian had a nervous breakdown, and finally he decided he needed a break. He needed to get off the road. He wanted to relax, take it easy, and take the time working on the Beach Boys records. He really wanted to prove that the Beach Boys were on the same level as such great musical acts in the day like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Brian was obsessed with proving that the Beach Boys were the number one band. So the dynamics changed. The rest of the group stayed on the road and Brian stayed at home and would work on the new albums by himself and wait for the boys to get home to record the vocals. With Brian off the road, they needed to find a new member. Initially, they hired Glenn Campbell to be a part of the Beach Boys group, but he didn't want to be a permanent member. He played with them on tour for a little bit, but he wanted to do his own solo career. So they hired another person by the name of Bruce Johnston, and he became the fifth official Beach Boy. And he did an excellent job. And he became a Beach Boy ever since, ever since that day. Brian Wilson was having some personal mental health issues. He was going through a rough time. He was having problems with schizophrenia and items of that nature. But at the time, nobody really knew what these mental conditions were. This is in the mid-1960s, and we didn't know a lot about mental health as we do today in 2020. The times were also changing. 
it was becoming a different scene in the 1960s. The drug scene was becoming very, very popular. And Brian started to experiment with drugs at this time. Initially, he only took marijuana. That was his first drug he ever really took, marijuana. And at first, it didn't really bother him. It made him relaxed. And the music he was recording at the time was still exceptional. If anything, he had excelled as a producer and as a songwriter. He needed help with the lyrics. He was never a strong lyricist. Mike Love would help him with the lyrics on many of their hit songs. In early 1965, the Beach Boys released an album called Today, and it was a definite turning point in their career. Side A consisted of all their upbeat, high, fast-paced Beach Boys-type songs. But on the B side, Brian really went to work, producing some of the most beautiful ballads that they had ever done thus far. The very first song he wrote under the influence of marijuana was on this album. It was called Please Let Me Wonder, and it was a phenomenal song, one of the best. Musically, they were evolving, and the critics really thought that Brian was advancing to a higher level as a creative songwriter. But the fans, the old school teenage fans, wanted more of their car songs or surf songs. They wanted the songs that they were known for. And so did Capitol Records. Capitol Records was making a lot of money from the Beach Boys by releasing all these hit songs, but Brian, that wasn't Brian anymore. He wanted to be more serious. He wanted to be taken seriously, as did all the groups at the time. The Beatles were evolving, so the Beach Boys were evolving as well. Capitol Records didn't like this new way of the Beach Boys. They wanted them to keep doing their old Fun in the Sun types of albums. So Brian quickly released an album of their old style which is called Summer Days and Summer Nights, 1965. But after the release of that album, Brian was not going to rush the next studio album. He was going to take his time. He really wanted to make the best album that Beach Boys possibly could. Capitol Records, on the other hand, they wanted a new Beach Boys album in time for the Christmas season, late in 1965. But the easy way out a Christmas album, and a concert album the Beach Boys had already done in 1964. And they didn't want to do a Greatest Hits package because usually a Greatest Hits package meant the end of a band's successful hit-making um, career. And they were still making a lot of hits. They just released the huge hits, California Girls and Help Me Rhonda. So they came to a compromise. They would do another live album but this time, it would be done live in the studio. Then Brian would include, like, background noises, chatter, and the Beach Boys would just have a good time. <coughs> basic sparse recordings, but just the basic instruments, just a fun studio session where they would record a lot of the songs that they were influenced by in the late 50s and early 60s. This album was recorded really, really quickly. And it 
wasn't taken meant to be taken seriously. The Beach Boys just wanted to record some fun songs and have an album and have a good time just so they could release an album for the Christmas season. But it still had Brian's production values, but you couldn't tell because it was so well done. You just thought it was a live studio album with the Beach Boys hanging out with their friends, playing instruments, and having a good time. But in reality, it was a Brian Wilson production. Just the way he edited it, it sounded so perfectly done. The album was titled Party, and it was released late in 1965, just in time for the Christmas season. Also during this time, Brian Wilson recorded a single called Little Girl I Once Knew and incorporated a lot of the new production techniques and musical stylings that he wanted to progress upon. The problem was, during the song, there's a lot of dead air spots and Capitol wasn't really happy with it. A lot of radio stations didn't want to play it because of the dead air spots. There'd be just silence and radios were hesitant to play the song. So Capitol decided to take one of the songs from the album Party and release it as a single. They took the last song on the album, which was called Barbara Ann, edited it as a single, released it, and it became a huge Beach Boys hit. The problem was, is Capitol did this without consent of the group, who thought there weren't going to be any singles from the album Party. This caused a lot of tension between the group and Capitol Records. But on the flip side, the quick release of Party also gave Brian the opportunity to take the time and work on his next album, which he was determined was going to be the best album of the Beach Boys' careers. He really wanted to take the time, work on some new musical techniques, and really try to experiment and provide the most artistic and beautiful record ever. The album was called Pet Sounds, and it was released in May of 1966. It was heavily influenced by the Beatles album, Rubber Soul. Brian poured his heart and his soul into making this album. This was the zenith of his production and basically of the Beach Boys career. Brian felt that this was the best album they've ever done. And he was really depressed when he found out that a lot of his fans didn't particularly care for it compared to the older albums. Actually, the album Party ended up selling more than Pet Sounds. The music critics, on the other hand, lauded it. They absolutely loved it. They thought it was a phenomenal album, a beautiful artistic masterpiece. And Brian Wilson had surpassed himself. Even the Beatles listened in and were influenced heavily by the album Pet Sounds. As their album Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, you could see a lot of the Beach Boys production or the Beatles production techniques going into the album Sgt. Pepper due to Brian's musical escapades in the album Pet Sounds. Even though the album didn't do as well as Brian would have hoped in America, 
in England, it was known as one of the greatest albums of the year, 1966. And Brian was still very, very determined. He wanted the next album after Pet Sounds to be a major improvement over Pet Sounds, as Pet Sounds had been to Summer Days and Summer Nights. Instead of incorporating Mike Love for the lyrics, as he had done many times in the past, for the next album, he'd incorporate his friend Van Dyke Parks to help him write the lyrics. It was during this time, too, that Brian started to experiment with heavier and heavier drugs. And his paranoia and his anxiety and stress were starting to become overwhelming to him, and he was having a really difficult time. Despite this, he really wanted to prove that the Beach Boys were better than the Beatles, and he set out to make an Before, album which was originally supposed to be called Smile Dumb Sessions Angel. and after the Pet Sounds album was released, they recorded a song called Good Vibrations. Good Vibrations became a huge hit in late 1966. And fans got excited because they felt if this was going to be how the album Smile was going to turn out, it was definitely going to be a better album than Pet Sounds. Brian spent months and months on the single for Good Vibrations, and after it was done and released, became a hit. He set aside to work exclusively on the album Smile. Unfortunately, though, during this time period, Brian was having a lot of mental health issues again. He started to become afraid, depressed, secluded. The work on the album Smile was becoming sporadic, and Brian was just having a very difficult time trying to get the album together. Capitol Records wanted the Beach Boys to release it. They set a release date, and the Beach Boys missed a release date because Brian wasn't completely finished with the album, and he worked exclusively on recording new songs, writing new songs, getting some new ideas, but he was having his own personal problems to deal with as well. On top of all this, Mike Love was not happy with the lyrics of Van Dyke Parks. He liked Van Dyke Parks as a person, but he didn't appreciate some of the lyrics because he couldn't understand them. Some of the lyrics Van Dyke Parks wrote were more lyrically not to be to be interpreted their own way. It wasn't straight and cut lace as Mike Love's lyrics were. And Mike Love was not happy and a lot of the reasons Smile was having issues because Mike Love felt that they were going way too far away from their musical premise as they had in the earlier 60s. A lot of things happened in 1967 that basically ruined any chance for the album Smile being released at all. In early 1967, the Beatles released the song Penny Lane with, with B-side being Strawberry Fields Forever. Brian heard Penny Lane for the first time and it blew his mind and it really shook his confidence because he felt the Beatles had won the production race that supposedly they were both having. Brian would become easily distracted and he wasn't as focused as recording on the album 
as Capitol Records had wanted them to be. Tensions were starting to erupt between the Beach Boys and Capitol Records because Capitol Records wanted to finish the album, but Brian was such a perfectionist, he wanted to make sure it was right. This is also during the time, like I said, where Mike Love was giving him issues. He was doing a lot of drugs. He was having his mental issues, and it was just a bad scene all around. And Van Dyke Parks was actually given an opportunity to record his own solo album, so he took advantage of that. Without his lyricist, Brian felt lost. All of these things led up, finally, to the album Smile not being completed. All the recordings that Brian had worked on throughout the fall of 1966 and the winter and spring going into 1967 were all put in the vault and it wasn't completed, it wasn't finished. Brian, his mental health was really giving him a hard time. He was dealing with a lot of anxiety, depression, like I said. He was heavy into drugs. He withdrew from society, basically. His momentum and his passion and his enthusiasm had waned and he just basically gave up. He didn't want to be, have the Beach Boys be the best anymore. He just wanted to take it easy. Capitol Records was still old an album, though, by the Beach Boys, because they'd worked so long on Smile. This has been a long, almost a year long, 10 years, for the Beach Boys. And Capitol had wanted them to release a new album. So the Beach Boys, the rest of the Beach Boys and Brian got together and assembled an album, which I don't know why they called it this to any to this day. They called it Smiley Smile. And what it was, it was a couple of um, remakes of some of their Smile songs and a couple of original songs. And also the single Good Vibrations was on it. Smiley Smile was a really good album. But I think the pressure of Smile album itself, that people were looking forward to a great album, because Pet Sounds was an excellent album. It was highly respected, the critics loved it, and they were expecting something even better. And then when they got Smiley Smile, it was the first time the Beach Boys career at that point where the album was very inferior to the album that preceded it. Not saying Smiley Smile was a bad album, but it wasn't what they had wanted. Carl Wilson referred to it as a bunt instead of a grand slam, which is a perfect baseball analogy in my opinion. Brian needed a break in terms of production. He was burned out, he was stressed out. All of this with the Smile album had worn him out. He needed to relax. He wanted to make an album after Smiley Smile that was simple. He wanted to go back to the basic roots, go back to doing, he wanted to do a rhythm and blues album. So he took the time and made an album which was called Wild Honey, which is one of my personal favorites. They went, they did sparse instrument, instrumentation. They didn't make it a high production value but it was just great song after great song, which is basically what the Beach Boys were all about to begin with. 
However, now the times were really changing. New musical acts were coming on the scene, like the Grateful Dead, Jimi Hendrix is becoming popular, The Doors, Janis Joplin, Jefferson Starship. A lot of these new, I'm sorry, Jefferson Airplane. A lot of these new bands, new artists were coming onto the scene. And because of Smile not becoming the masterpiece that it should have been, it was supposed to be a highlight of the Monterey Pop Festival. The Beach Boys were supposed to introduce it at the Monterey Pop Festival in early 1967. But because it didn't complete the album, and they didn't want to do their actual Beach Boys set in front of a hippie crowd because they felt they were potentially laughed off the stage, they decided to back out of the Monterey Pop Festival. And this really hurt their image. Capitol Records still regarded the Beach Boys as a surf group, even though by now the Beach Boys hadn't done any songs regarding that subject in several years. They were evolving, they were changing, Brian Wilson was having a tough time, but he still wanted to make music. After Wild Honey was released in 67, Brian wanted to just make a relaxing album, a nice, peaceful album, nice, subtle album. And he recorded a lot of songs in this vein, and the song ended up being called Friends. The world, everyone wanted peace and love at this time. This was during the hippie movement. So Brian felt this would be the right time to record an album like that. And it was very nice, very peaceful, very relaxing. But the problem was, even though people said they wanted music like this, this is the point where the Beach Boys' popularity started to plummet. Why? Time. Like I said, the times had changed, the hippie era was in full effect, and the Beach Boys were considered passe. Damn those not hippies. performing at Monterey Heard Em, not releasing the album Smile Heard Em, releasing Smiley Smile after Pet Sounds Heard Em, Wild Honey, which is a great album. By this time, the damage had already been done, and people really didn't ex accept Wild Honey. Now, looking back on it, Wild Honey is a great album. Same with Friends. Friends is a great album, but at the time, the Beach Boys were just so uncool that it really hurt their career. Matter of instinct, it's a matter of conditioning, a matter of fact. 
Somebody help me. 